Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to episode 45 of the X Button Gaming Podcast. Uh, this is a special episode we have for you. Um, we have a re- reoccurring guest, um, repeat guest, frequent guest, whatever you want to call him, uh, Jaden in the house. Yo! Only your second non-Collector's Edition episode, because we keep bringing you on for those. I've, I've lost track. I've been <laughs> on here a few times. Too many times. we got to give you a break. Um, but we have a first-time guest as well, um, our new friend uh, Wes from the uh, Collector's Haven uh, video game store in uh, Port Orchard, which is, for those that don't know, fairly local to the Seattle area. Um, so thanks for joining us, Wes. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. No, Stuff I'm... just got real. Yeah. <laughs> we are here. We're ready to go. All right. <laughs> um, no, I'm excited to have you on. Excited to talk about uh, you know what it's like to own a video game store and to get to know you a little bit better, too, because yeah. we have some questions Ooh. to help both us and the audience get to know you. Um, but before we do that, we'll we'll follow the, the standard episode format. We'll talk first about what we've been playing recently, and we'll let uh, Jaden kick us off with what he's been playing. Recently, just um, beat Tears of the Kingdom. Super good, super good. That ending was really, really cool. So really happy with that experience. Uh, I really burnt myself out when I first started playing that game. So I, I finally came back and I did what I needed to do to get to the ending. And wow, it's a great game. So I still haven't played much Tears of the Kingdom. Um, but I know there are like, there's the whole... What do they call it? The the depths? Mm-hmm. Did you do like everything everywhere kind of thing? Like what, no, did, did I have, have I have so game? much to do still, but I figured I just wanted to see the rest of the story play out. Uh, what you said, shrines? Yeah, do they have shrines, shrines in this one? Yes, there's yeah yeah there's like these types of shrines. Okay, so you have more to go back to in the future. Oh yeah yeah, tons of side quests. There's so much to this game is. <laughs> it's like overwhelming, but not like bad overwhelming. You know, yeah. where like it, it was great. It was. It was really fun. Um, but I also got, yeah, more to go back to whenever I, I feel like it. But I got pretty burnt out, so I just thought I'd wrap it up. Yeah, sometimes that's the best way. I mean, especially with a game like that, you can finish the story and still go back and finish stuff. Mm-hmm. So how many hours did it take you to to get to that point, to finish Ooh. to wrap it up? Oh, I should have checked. I want to say it's like 80 to 100 Somewhere in that range. Yeah, where I was like, all right, let's let's wrap this up. Yeah. See where what happens. Seems reasonable. I feel like that's kind of where I was in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, I think so but too. But back then, like, I really wanted to play my Switch, so I think I kept playing it mm. and like actually did all the shrines just because I didn't have anything else to play on it. But uh, have you played Tears of the Kingdom, Wes? Uh, no, I have not. Uh, I'll get to it eventually, but uh, when you don't have a lot of time, you you kind of you have to really pick and choose what games you're ready yeah. to play. So. Mm. That one will be on the list, but probably down the road. And it's a long one, too. And, like, even for me, I just... Open world games, like, I have to be in the mood for. And yeah. I did start it. I probably put about five hours in, but I was just, I was just not into, not feeling it at that point. But uh, what else have you been playing, Jaden? Totally fine. Um, so at that Nintendo Live thing in Seattle, uh, a lot of the demos were of games that are already out. Some I already own, like Pikmin 4. I just played the demo because you get a pin at the end of it, and so figured I'd just get that. But playing that demo made me instantly like w- want to go home and instantly like put that in, put that on, and play it. And that so that's what I've been playing since. It's it's so good. <laughs> it's really fun. I've been having a blast with that. There's not a lot of series out there that I haven't touched that are like more more popular, I should say at least. And Pikmin is one of them. I've never played a Pikmin game. Not even. I mean, a little bit of the multiplayer on three on the Wii U, but um, 
I know I'd like it, but that's just about everything I like. I'm I like a lot. So. It's one of those if you just plop yourself in it, if you just start just playing, like you'll be surprised, like how like oh my goodness, I've been playing for how long now? Like it it just so naturally eases you into it, and you're thinking like strategy without like oh I've never played a strategy game, but like this everything just make you make decisions. You're already making like strategic moves without even realizing it. So I like it for that. I will say it's kind of tutorial heavy this version off the bat, but I think I'm just now coming out of that after like a hour, maybe, maybe hour two. Um, but once it's, yeah, I can already feel it just opening up, letting me go free. But this one does kind of hold your hand for a little bit. It seems kind of strange it's to unfortunate. have that much tutorial in a, in a fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a lot of new features? There's some new mechanics, new features, I guess. But, I mean, playing the demo at the Nintendo thing, they didn't have that. And I, again, this is probably because I played the first few Pikmins. I could pick everything up easy. But, yeah, playing uh, playing the actual game, it's, um, yeah, kind of dumps all that on you in the beginning. I guess it's just expecting a lot of people to be playing this for their first Pikmin game. So, I get it. I wish there was a way to skip it or make it go faster. But, who cares? I'm already out of it. Yeah. But just a warning. Yeah. That is interesting. Maybe they're thinking, I mean, the Switch, I'm sure a lot of people's first Animal Crossing was on the Switch. Oh, yeah. You know, first, maybe even first Zelda with Breath of the Wild. So maybe they kind of thought this would be people's first Pikmin. It very well could be. Yeah. It's still a very specific series. It's not, it doesn't have the range of the other Nintendo franchises. Um,. Yeah, I don't know. One day, one day I'll play Pikmin. Somebody recently mentioned like having an episode where they like convinced me to play franchises that I haven't played. <laughs> oh yeah, which isn't that hard. I, like I said, I kind of want to play everything, but it's always like Wes said, finding the time sometimes to to pinpoint what you want to play next isn't always as easy. Um, have you been playing anything else? That's about it, really. All right. Well, Wes, what have you been playing lately? Uh, geez, just finished up uh, Little Hope a couple of nights ago. That's uh. From Dark Pictures Anthology. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Supermassive Games fan. Um, so finish that. Um, I, so those are... I'm not super familiar with them, but I, I've seen them pop up. There's, like what, like four of them now, right? Yeah, so you had Until Dawn, which was the, uh, what, back 2013-14. Yeah, it was the early um, PS4 title, right? Yeah, which uh, had a, a great group of actors in it. But it was a, you know, it's... A, one of those butterfly effect games where the outcome is all decided based off the choices you make and things yeah. like that. I think where I got that from was when I was a kid, we had twist a plot books. Oh, where yeah. If you jump to one, if you wanted to run, you had to jump to one page. You uh, want to hide, you jump to another. Of course, you always mm. cheated because you'd be like, yeah, I wasn't going <laughs> to run because you. it shows you died. And you're like, nope, going back to the hide page. Oh, that's not <laughs> what I meant to do. <laughs> <laughs> so... And it just stuck with me. So, yeah, I, um, after that, they came out with the Dark uh, Pictures Anthology. Um, I started in the middle with Little Hope. Nobody crucified me. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I just uh, was told Little Hope was uh, the best out of the three. Um, they also made the quarry and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just finished that up. It uh, it was a good game. It, it's not Until Dawn, but uh, it's the kind of game I like to play. So, finished that up. Uh then uh, last night started up on Daymare. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's a really, it seems like a low-budget uh, Resident Evil. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some cool things in there and, and whatnot. But I love cheesy stuff. And I, I love that it was trying to revive that 90s, uh, 
that 90s horror feel with, yeah, with Resident the tank Evil. controls and stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, so um, me and my son just started playing that uh, last night, or no, two nights ago, and uh, we're in the town and stuff now, so that's where we've been on yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with that game. I know I, I've seen it at stores and on the shop and stuff, um, but it's it's a rather, it's a more relatively newer game, right? Only the last couple of years? I think 2020 is when it came out, yeah. Um, do you know who publishes it? That I don't know. No, I just uh, I got a uh, I got about five hundred PS4 games in, and uh, we just started going through and picking out a lot of the uh, the horror titles because my my son's kind of followed suit with liking the horror game thing. Yeah. So we picked out about thirty titles of horror games, and so we're making our way through those, and uh, we've played some other ones over the last three or four weeks uh, as well, um, and just. We played a couple of decent games and some pretty horrible games. Yeah, but <laughs> that's what horror games. It's like you can go; they can swing so far yes. in either direction. You do have some in the middle too, but I know, like even some of the more like sought after, like PS2, like Rule of Rose, I hear is terrible. But it's an expensive uh, PS2 horror game, and people want it. But... Sure, I'd rather go Clock Tower or something like that over yeah. that. But you know, it is what it is. I would tell anybody. And if you love the game, I'm sorry, but stay away from Oxide Room 104. I haven't heard of that. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a kind of a horror game, almost like an escape room type game. You're just basically trying to find your way out of each of these rooms by doing clues and stuff like that. But you're being chased by a, a doctor who wants to cut you into pieces and <laughs> stuff like that. So I would run from him too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it sounded good in theory, but uh, the, the playthrough wasn't, uh, wasn't all the... All that was cracked up to be. So, if you loved it, sorry. If you under if played it and understand what I'm saying, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's always disappointing when something is like, "This is exactly what I want to play right now." Yeah, and it is nothing like you wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't play those uh, the games the masses play, like Tears of the Kingdom and Pikmin Four. And stuff. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> I know it's it's. There's always so much coming out. It's so hard to like pick and choose. But it's nice when you have like a genre that you like, and you can kind of like just stick to that. For me, it used to be RPGs, but they're so long that it's hard to <laughs> dedicate as much, so I don't play as many as I used to. But uh, Have you been playing anything else? Uh, no, that's about it. Uh, you know, I, I get suggestions from customers every day of what I should be playing, and I'm just like, I've already got a, a backlog of like 50 to 100 games that I love to get to, but yeah. the more I get to games, the less time I spend out there buying games or buying stuff for customers. So it's like... Uh, um, I'm trying to find that that right groove where um, I can spend the time, you know, doing things that I love to do outside of all of this, but also uh, some games I'd love to play, but also driving the state looking for collections and stuff to make sure that uh, I keep my stuff in stock. So yeah. it's a delicate balance. For sure. Yeah, it's. I, I, yeah, I get that. What you what you need to do is just put a big TV in the back room there at your <laughs> shop and then just sit back there and play. No. Yeah, thought about that too. We had TVs when we first started and then now it's just, we've been, we get so busy that it, it gets hard to even go back and just test stuff. Uh, so I find myself taking stuff home to test stuff constantly. So I've probably played... Oh, over the last month, a thousand games, five minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I know the first five minutes to a lot of games. Yeah, you're a taste tester for <laughs> for much. like every game. <laughs> Sometimes you do find yourself though drawn in, and like twenty minutes go by, and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to 
I need to drop this and get to other games <laughs> to test. So yeah, um, that's a good. That's when you know to put off, and your brain is like, I need to go back to that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's always the classics. It's like uh, Simpsons Hit and Run. You know. Oh yeah. Or I'll start playing Ocarina of Time, and that music just sucks me in, mm-hmm. and I'm oh, just like, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm like, no, why am I playing this? I hate this game. <laughs> I mean, I love it, but you know, it's like. <laughs> I know I'm going to have parts where I'm just going to struggle. I'm have to going to go back to a walk. Get to that water temple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we just uh, we, me and Jane both were there on Saturday at the Nintendo Live, and they had a Zelda orchestra there, and um, they played a bunch of music from a bunch of the different games. And man, it was awesome. It's just like you said, just, the, just thinking about the music. It's like it's so like it takes you into the moment, yep. and it's chill inducing. You know, like all the all the memories come flooding back to you the first time playing each of those games. Absolutely, and like Ocarina of Time for me will always be one of those that's like I don't even know where I'd rate it on my list of favorite games. Probably not as high as some, but it I'll always think fondly of like my first time playing Ocarina of Time and my first time getting to the Water Temple and rage quitting because it's so stinking hard and yep. confusing. Uh, I remember those days. <laughs> All right, so as for me, um, I've played a few things over the, the last month or so since I've talked about what I've been playing on an episode. I finished Final Fantasy sixteen, so that took me a couple months. Um, I, I definitely hit a lull in the middle a little bit where I wasn't pushing as hard, but I don't, I've talked about the game a lot already. I don't need to spend a lot of time talking about it, but I will say it ended really well. Like, the, the, the story wrapped up. Actually, no, I was kind of surprised by the ending. I didn't see it going the way it was. It did, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And Clive is probably, I will say, is probably one of the best main characters in a Final Fantasy game. He's very likable and easy to get behind. So anybody who's been thinking about it, I definitely recommend you play it. Um, just, you know, make sure to be prepared to put, you know, 50, 60 hours in at least. So... And then after I finished that, I wanted to play something short, um, because before Final Fantasy 16, I played Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and those were both, you know, 50 plus hour games, and uh, I was just kind of like burnt out of, I didn't want to play something else long, so I'd had uh, Stray um, sitting on my shelf for a while, the cat game that everybody was playing last year. Uh, so I finally popped that in and and played that, and I really liked it. It has just great atmosphere. Um, a really good character building for a game that has one cat and a bunch of robots. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. I just, I really liked it and it was nice and short. Yeah. Like, it did not overstay its welcome at all. Two sittings, not two hours. Oh. <laughs> um, but good. Yeah, probably. Well, my second playthrough to get the platinum trophy. Yeah. I was going to say it was one sitting. I did it in like an hour and a half or two hours, something like that. So it's short. It's a super short game, but very, I don't know. I just really liked it. It was kind of comforting, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. it's not super... Str- there are a couple points that may be a little more stressful, but I don't know. It was just nice to play something kind of like... I just needed to get from point A to point B with a little bit of exploring mixed in and nothing crazy. Um, lived up to the hype as far as I was concerned. Um, and then I've been playing uh, my 3DS a lot. I played... Just been kind of rolling through different games, trying to find something that sticks. I played Yoshi's New Island. Um that, I finished that. Have either of you played that game? No. No, I've, I've seen it. Yeah. So I loved um, Yoshi's Island on the Super Nintendo, the Super Mario World 2. Um, and I, I don't know why I didn't play this before, but it, it's a fine game. Like, it's that's how I would say it's fine. Like, it doesn't really do anything wrong, but there's just something missing at the same mm. time. Like, I, there was definitely a period of time where I felt like I was just kind of, like, trying to get it done. 
and I don't know. Not, I, it's definitely not a must play. I don't know. It's just okay. I can't. I can't put my finger on what it is. Like it's not bad by any means, but uh, Yoshi's Island on Super Nintendo has like so much charm and so mm-hmm. much like something about that game. Like I can go back to that and play it and get that same warm fuzzy feeling. And I don't believe it's just because of nostalgia. Um, this game, it's missing something, and I don't know. Maybe one day I'll be able to put my my finger on it. But um, and other than that, I haven't really picked up a, a new main game to play so when i do that i usually go back to one of my like filler games and right now it's tony hawk pro skater one and two hd um and i've been playing a lot i mean not a lot but that's i i mean that's when i'm when i have downtime instead of playing you know final fantasy or whatever i'm playing this so it's just such a dang good game (laughs) (laughs) i i love this game so much the the soundtrack the they just did such a good job of porting these two games to a modern console and making it feel just like the PS1 versions um, or, you know, Dreamcast 64, whatever, but with all the updated controls, all the updated visuals, it just, I, it's such a good game. Um, which takes me back to our Tony Hawk episode that yeah. Jaden and I did My about a year episode. ago. Um, but yeah, so that's about it for what I've been playing. Um, definitely finished a couple things, but... Haven't moved on. I have to figure out what I want to move on to next because that's when it's when PlayStation or Switch. It's always moving on to like the next big or longer title, um, and it's not like I don't have stuff to play. But I just haven't like settled on what that's going to be. <laughs> well, you do have Spider Man Two coming out next month. That's true. So. That's right around the corner. And then I do have, well, which I've played before, but Star Ocean uh, Second Evolution, oh, the yep, remake. Yep. I'm a huge fan of that game, so. That's coming out. Then Mario RPG is coming out, and Mario Wonder, and Sonic Superstars. There's a lot of lot this of stuff year coming is out. Stacked. Yeah, it's all in this back half too. Not that actually, there's been a lot of stuff this whole year. Um, but yeah, so that's it for what we've been playing. Um, let's move on to a little bit of news. It's been a month since we've had our last news segment, so I'm sure there was a lot more that we could have found to talk about. But I just didn't feel like looking weeks past <laughs> to see. So I just have a few things. I know you said you had something, Jaden. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I found two of the things I have are kind of relevant to what I've been playing. Um. Uh, they just announced this last weekend that Final Fantasy 16 is coming to PC. So anybody who doesn't have a PlayStation 5 that wants to play it. Um, that has a PC that'll play it. I don't know anything about PC specs, but I assume it would be very demanding. Um, but it's coming to PC, and they announced DLC for the game, which I found to be interesting because the story kind of ended very... Um, like, I don't see where they would do with it. I don't. It wouldn't make sense to be end-game DLC. Mm. Like, so I don't know. Maybe they'll do prequel DLC or something. But And then just today, they announced that Stray, which I just played... Um, they're going to be making an animated movie based off of Aww. the story. So, um, I don't know if it's a direct retelling of the game or if it has, you know, they're going somewhere else in the universe, but that's what they said. That company, Anna, per- Anna Perina, Anna Perna, um, whatever, they put out a bunch of, you know, kind of like bigger title indie games, but they apparently have their own development team now that works on movies. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. So like CGI animation, I'm guessing. They didn't specify. Oh, just okay. said they just said animated. So I mean, it seems like the simplest thing would be to stay in CG because they could probably reuse like you know certain oh yeah stuff yeah. in that case. But beautiful game too. So like I oh, totally yeah. watched that. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be. It bodes well to a movie. Like 
It really yeah. does. It was very cinematic in its short window, and it was a good story. So, um, and my last piece of news that I just wanted to mention uh, was last week there was a Super Mario Wonder Direct, um, which did either of you guys happen to watch that? Yeah. Um, so it looks really good. And then I had a chance this weekend at Nintendo Live to play it, and it plays really good. Oh, yeah. It does feel like the first real, like, evolution in 2D Mario since, I don't maybe Super, Super Mario World. World. Yeah. Like, Because, like, the new Super Mario series was fine. It was fun, but it was wasn't new like i mean it was new it was like a retro throwback like hey remember classic mario the first three marios were all the same like template weren't Mm -hmm. they so yeah there was no yeah (laughs) super mario world was kind of the first big evolution and then yeah that's been it so this feels like they're definitely trying to up the ante a bit like do something new make it feel Mm -hmm. fresh um, the power-ups were cool. The elephant and the drill power-up that you get were both cool, and they both had made the game feel very different while you played it. Whereas, you know, normally when you just are, like, fire power-up Mario or, like, you get a cape or whatever, it doesn't really change the way the game feels. Mm-hmm. Being the elephant really makes the game change. Like, you feel heavy, and, like, it's interesting how that works. Or the drill, like, it's crazy. You can fly up into the ceiling and, like, start, like, like a mole, like you're um, burrowed, I guess, above the ground um in the ceiling and like you can move around all extra quick i don't know it was a lot of fun i'm looking forward to it the direct made it look really cool the multiplayer is good the online multiplayer looks neat so i think it's just another game to really be looking forward to this fall well nintendo got all that new super mario brothers movie money right yeah they Mm -hmm. can afford this they can afford this absolutely (laughs) man that movie just made them bank that's nuts but it's a good movie i enjoyed it and this really feels like Mario Bros. Five. Like playing the like the earliest the earlier Mario games, they were weird. But then like it got to a point where Mario became more established and it just got more you know, it, Mario was just kind of Mario y at a certain point, if that makes any sense. This is like kind of just going back to just like surprising you again. Because like, like going from Mario one to like Mario two, it's like whoa what (laughs) eggs picking up turnips and things like it was just full of surprises the entire time so this just feels like they're finally it's doing that again they found ways to surprise us so i'm really excited because i like classic mario yeah me too uh yeah and and then like as the new super mario games came out like i never found that i needed to play them like i don't think i bought any of them at launch i played them eventually but this feels more like a must play like it definitely feels yeah. like it's gonna be it's gonna be good through and through. Um, and Jane, what was your news? I was just gonna mention the Sony premium online prices have gone up, which is a bummer. Yeah, I realize I don't have much else to say on it other than that well, it's, happened. It's not news. a small increase either because it's like thirty percent. Yeah, I mean the the year membership, which is normally fifty sixty, I think is now going up to 80 which that's a big expense mm-hmm. you know jump and then it's like 120 for the medium the whatever the medium tier is and then the premium is going to be 150 like that's a lot Ugh, for yeah. like a year subscription to something i mean i guess people pay that for like amazon but you probably get more for your money on amazon i think <laughs> with the free shipping and stuff but i don't know i still have never signed up for the premium tier I think about it from time to time, but it kind of goes against my grain to spend that much time playing digital. 
when I have so much physical, <laughs> mm-hmm. so many physical games to play. So, all right. So that kind of wraps up the news. I do have a quick question. Oh yeah, sorry sure. for the news port. Your Sony, uh, your Sony news made me think of it. Uh, what do you guys think about the uh, the Xbox like eight strike rule uh, that came out, that's coming out? Oh right, yeah. Um, if where you... if you get eight strikes, uh, you're off. You're done. You're on like banished. Xbox Live or like on, when you play yeah, online yeah, or something. I didn't even I heard this. I don't know all the the all the information on it. Apparently, they can uh, not only they can kill your account as well. Um, so there's you get eight strikes, and I guess profanity is like a strike. Um, wow! Like when sensitive comments chat? is like two strikes. Hate hate speech is like four strikes. Um, but my my whole thing is what determines hate speech. All that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot of gray area in there. I mean, I'm not for you know a lot of the stuff that goes on xbox i'm like it could be cleaned up for sure but i don't know the eight strikes just uh i guess the the rules and parameters for me it's just who defines that and yeah you know what i don't think is a cuss word they may think is a cuss word uh, mm-hmm. so on and so forth but, or even you can be like falsely like flagged for instance like if someone right on like the other team just does it just or to, even somebody in your own household it just catches on the mic you know the yeah, walking the by or whatnot or... so um but yeah i just i thought of that when you said that mm. and i was just kind of curious what you guys thoughts were on it yeah that's interesting i hadn't even heard of that but so if they if your account hits the eight strikes they can take your whole account including whatever stuff you've you know i don't want to speak out uh, <coughs> um i was listening to uh i was listening to something uh on the way home it was uh people who love the game and they were talking about it and uh so i didn't get all the information but apparently it was more than just banning you from live they could actually uh lock your account out so, oh dang i just thought it was a, i've heard it was like a six month ban or it was a year ban or something year ban. yeah I, th- I think you're i think it was a year but mm. but regardless uh you know we'll see how that all shakes out yeah, yeah. i feel like that they that's they're they're doing that on good intentions we'll just have to see how well that gets executed in yeah, practice, you know, yeah. so it feels intense, but I do, <clears throat> excuse me, like Jaden said on the good intentions, like I do agree that some people probably need to be shut up, you know, like mm-hmm. people are saying things that they really have no right saying that are literally mean and hateful to people. But like, like Wes said, sometimes, I mean, things aren't actually said that are that bad. Like who decides that, you know, like. Right. You know, you're joking around with your friends and, you know, I don't know, somehow you get reported for something like, I don't know. I'm all for getting uh, away from, you know, people saying things that really are aimed to destroy someone else's feelings. Um, But I'm also one of those where it's like the the littlest thing could be offensive now. And it's that's that's what I'm like. Now we're getting now we're getting into out of I, I think you're right. The good intentions part. Maybe, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's like, is there a better way? I don't know. So we'll see. I'm just curious. I I don't really cuss all that much and I'm not uh, usually even on mic when I'm playing Call of Duty or anything of that nature. So I'm not worried about it at all. But uh, my sons are and I hear everything that's going on and I'm like, man, if they do that, there's going to be a lot of banned people quick. (laughs) Uh, So yeah. I don't, that's why I don't like playing. I'm just, I'm, I I admit like I'm super sensitive sometimes. So like I stopped playing online after like my second time online, like 
with open chat at least because I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to hear that. Like people are mean. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm way too afraid to even try it. <laughs> yeah, no, people people are mean, man. I had a message. I was playing a game online once, and it was like my first time playing it. I wasn't on chat or anything. Um, and afterwards, I was like, I don't feel like I did too bad at that. And then after, then a person sent me a personal, like a direct message on PlayStation. He was oh, like, no. you're terrible at this game. You should kill yourself. <laughs> and I was just like, okie dokie. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, the difference, though. I love those because I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's time to troll back. You yeah. know, it's uh, I'm like, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, people are people are crazy. <laughs> they are. You're absolutely right. <laughs> But yeah, no, I guess that's the key is we'll just see what happens. So everybody just uh, keep your potty mouths to yourselves from now on. Yeah, just something for everybody to look into if you didn't already know about it. Yeah. No, that's good to know. I had not heard of it. So uh, yeah, no, thanks for bringing that up. So um, now we're going to move into, uh, now that we're done with the news, we're going to move into not the main topic yet, but it's going to kind of segue into that naturally. But because this is uh, Wes's first time on the podcast, and also because, like, I, I don't know him too well personally, I figure it's a good opportunity to get to know him a little bit. This is, yeah. I've done this a couple times with new guests that I didn't know too well before having him on the podcast. Um, and it's just, you know, it's kind of nice, not just for myself, but for everybody listening to get to know you, know more about Wes. Um, so I guess I'll just start off by saying, too, like, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Wes does own a video game shop, uh, Collector's Haven which is local to this to the greater Tacoma Seattle Seattle area. It's on the peninsula in Port Orchard. Um, so if you're not from the area, it's about an hour drive without traffic from Seattle. Um, probably a lot more than that with traffic. Which yeah. is, collectors with a K. Also. Yeah, collectors with a K. <laughs> yeah, important. Um, but yeah, um, so that's how we met. Uh, Jaden was a frequent customer at his store and mm-hmm. was preaching preaching the word at Collectors Haven. <laughs> We're we're big fans on the yeah. Discord. Oh, so thanks, guys. After sending so many pictures, I'm like, I have to check this place out. It's, it's not like, that guys, far. I'm telling you. So yeah. So now yeah. we've been there a couple times, and we got to talking, and you know, mentioned the podcast, and he wanted to join. So I was like, Yeah, sure as heck, why not? That'd be fun. So, but yeah, let's ask a few questions and just get to know you a little bit better. So, um, Wes, what are some of your earliest gaming memories? All right, man. So I was thinking about that long and hard uh, to to know my generation's earliest game memories so i was born in 75 so i grew up in the 80s right and we were kind of at the crossroads so what most people don't know about the 80s was a lot of us like to go outside and play right and your imagination ran wild and uh it was about 80 81 that arcades started popping up right and so my earliest memories of video gaming um because Listen, Atari wasn't something that I go back and grow fondly of, even though it was my first. <laughs> yeah. You could only play Defender and Pong so many times before you're like, oh, I'd rather go outside and play. Yeah. Um, E.T. comes out and you're like, uh, I'll phone home. This yeah. game stinks. Right? We're done so, with video games. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you started pumping quarters uh, into arcade machines. And uh, I like to think my generation's pretty tough for that because those games were made not to be beaten right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were made just to take your money. And so you got so good at patterns and things of that nature. That's why when you see some of the world champions, they look like geniuses. But my memories are going in the arcade and I grew up poor. <laughs> so I'm digging in the little slots to find quarters because <laughs> I want to pump quarters in and play yeah. games too, right? Yeah. And so then uh, you kind of move into 85 when Nintendo comes out and the NES just kind of revolutionized you know being at home and if you didn't have one one of your friends did and 
uh, one of my best memories, uh, and it's it's not a good memory. And I, you know, I really hope my old best friend Josh hears this somehow, some way. He still he lives in the area here too. Uh, well, we lived on Guam uh, in the '80s, and so uh, um, he had an NES, and we were big sports fans. Um, most people don't know I played minor league baseball and stuff like that. We we're big oh, sports awesome. fans, very competitive. And uh, the game that we loved to play was Baseball Stars. Yeah. A very underrated baseball game. If you've never played it, it was like ahead of its time back in the day. And uh, so Josh, I, and Rick, we were three best friends, very competitive. And sometimes me and Rick just, Josh was very arrogant and he was pretty good at the game. And so I heard from a friend who heard from a friend that heard from a friend that somehow read something in a magazine where you could cheat on baseball stars. <laughs> <laughs> you could go down, left, right, up, you know, blah, 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 whatever it was. And you could build a superpower team. And so, uh, oh. yeah, and it was just ready off the bat. And so I told Rick, and Rick's like, hey, let's make one and then just destroy Josh. <laughs> and uh, so... Rick says, uh, I'm hungry. I said, I'm hungry. Josh is, and we're at Josh's house and they go to go make sandwiches or whatnot. And I'm just sitting there like <laughs> cheat coding to hell. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so Josh comes back and we start playing and I'm killing him because my team is like the, you know, stacked. It's all the way up. And he's like, what the heck is going on? I mean, he is getting so upset. Rick and I are just crying, laughing. and uh, Man, Josh, you suck now, bro. He, he threw his controller, broke it, told both of us to leave. Oh, oh, man. And he wasn't our friend for like two weeks. Oh, gosh. All because of a, you know, me cheating on the baseball Did, game. So you guys told him that you were cheating? Oh, I had to because yeah. it, was, it, was, it was obvious that, uh, <laughs> that my team was jacked up. We were all on steroids. He's like, "What in the world?" <laughs> oh yeah, it was like every other hitter was hitting Mark a home McGuire. run. Yeah, it was it was like the best moment uh, in my life at that time, right? <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, and it was like, yeah, we weren't friends for two weeks, but we've all been through that uh, somehow, some way, and then, yeah. uh, you know, we all made up. And what was funny is, uh, um, I left Guam and moved here to Washington in '91. And Josh and his family were originally from Washington, and they lived there on Guam. Uh, they they were still there when we left. And uh, then uh, I'm playing baseball for North Kitsap High School, and uh, I look across the field at shortstop, and there's Josh playing <laughs> shortstop for Bremerton. And we're like, oh, my God. And then yeah. we became best friends again. Yeah, small world. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I will always have that Baseball Stars memory over you, man. <laughs> That's awesome. So have you ever played Baseball Stars with them again? No. I should, we should figure out how to make that happen. The next button yeah. game is special. Get Wes and Josh back <laughs> for Baseball Stars. Yeah, he uh, he lives up uh, he lives up uh, in Leavenworth. So uh, he comes back this way time and uh, once in a while. So I'll have to track him down yeah. see if we can get that going dude that'd be awesome no that's a that's a great story those are the kinds of like first memories that i feel like most people who have their you know their feet deep into gaming really have something like that that memory that just was like almost solidified the fact that you were going to play games for the rest of your life mm-hmm. like because it was just so i don't know so hilarious and no, one but, more thing if my uh, son's app uh, happened to listen to this Yes, your screen watchers, you always have been, always will be, and that's cheating. <laughs> a couple of screen watchers here, huh? Yep. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've all screen, screen watched from time yeah. to time. Um, 
All right, another question for you. So obviously you like video games, um, but what are some of your other uh, some other hobbies that you enjoy? So opening the store took up a lot of my time. So I uh, I'm a big movie fan. I'm a movie buff. So um, I could probably win competitions. Uh, that's how big a movie buff I, a fan nice. I am. Uh, that started in the uh, in the nineties. Um, I was a uh, I started off as a card attendant at, at uh, Target, and by 18, I became a loss prevention manager, which is a job no 18-year-old should have. But I was working about 70 hours a week. I had already moved out of my, uh, uh, away from my uh, family, um, was living in my own place, and I was always tired. So I just went to the movie theater, or not the movie theater, but the the video store, and it was five movies, five days, five dollars. Okay. And I started in A in comedy. And over the course of a year, I rented almost the entire store. Oh, my goodness. And I, you know, I, most of the movies I learned by osmosis because I was putting them in as I was going to sleep or whatnot. So I was in and out of movies. But I have a, a pretty uh, eidetic memory. So I, I just can recall all these movies that, you know, most people have never seen. And it just kind of stuck with me. I'm a movie fan. Uh, like to watch shows. But I'm getting home usually between 8 and 10 at night. So usually putting something on if I'm... Because then I'm going through my phone and trying to answer messages and all that type of stuff. Yeah. If I had it my way, I love going to comedy shows. That's a big thing for me. I've seen some of the premier comedians. Uh, my one of my favorites. I saw Robin Williams live. Uh, wow, that's awesome. I've seen uh, everybody from Bill Burr to Daniel Tosh to oh, nice. Dane Cook at the height of his popularity. Um, I saw George Carlin, which is someone. If you don't know who that is, Google him. Um, or go to YouTube and watch some of his stuff. Uh, he was a genius, but uh, that's something I would be doing. Um, or uh, I like to go out to the casino sometimes, just aimlessly button mash. You know, it's almost like playing a video game, yeah. but you've got a chance to win money. Um, you ever won? I've won over $1,000 42 times. Oh, wow. Uh, I oh, keep damn. track of stuff like that, so yeah. I know that I'm not... Well, I want to always make sure I've never betting money I don't have or whatnot, but I've been fairly lucky. But back when I was younger, I traveled, traveled the world and uh, don't get to do that much anymore, uh, which is kind of a shame. But um, hopefully, eventually, my son will want to take over the store. If he doesn't, no, no big deal, but I'll sell it at that point. But I probably end up retiring and then going back to traveling. Yeah, no, that's definitely. Yeah, there's so much to see in the world. Like, that's a yes. good goal. Um, let's go back to movies for a second. So what is, uh, what is your favorite movie that you don't feel like many people have seen? Ooh, that's a great question. That is a, yeah, it's never been phrased to me that way. That oh. is a, I love the movie Odd Thomas. Oh. It's a great movie that most people so have never seen. That's the dude seen. from uh, Star Trek. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I'm Antoine Yelchin passed away tragically. It was guy, the guy was a great actor. Um, he did a lot of things that I enjoyed that most people have never seen. Yeah, I know him from Star Trek, and I know he was an Alpha Dog, right? But I don't think I yeah, he was an that. Alpha Dog. Uh, he was in Charlie Bartlett. Um, he did the remake of Fright Night. Oh, wow. um, he made his way around in that short period of time. He, he was did. A lot. He did absolutely, and he actually um, was the lead in pretty much all of his movies outside of uh, outside of the Star Trek movies. But uh, yeah, most people don't know he got uh, pinned by his own Jeep. And, yeah, uh, it's tragic, man. Yeah, but if you ever get a chance, Odd Thomas, it's uh, he can see people who have passed away wrongly, and uh, he does what he can to help um, uh, wrong their 
uh, right their wrongs uh, or whoever hurt them or murdered them or, or whatever. Um, it's and it's got a great ending. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, I would tell you check it out. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely one. I know I'd heard of it, but I've definitely never seen it. And um, I do feel like that's one people probably haven't heard of much. Yeah, it, uh, it was under the radar. But if you get a chance, uh, uh, it shouldn't let you down. Yeah, well, that's good to know. And then I'm going to ask the same question, but with like, do you have a favorite movie or franchise that doesn't matter if it's popular or not? My <laughs> my favorite movie of all time. I, I don't know why. Maybe it was just the right time. I loved Point Break uh, with oh, uh, Patrick Swayze. I've never seen that Reeves. movie, but yeah, I know of it. Um, it was just, uh, you know... 90s it was coming out you know i'm like seven, 16 17 years old at the time and it, you know it had action it had machismo or whatever you want it had uh, patrick swayze who was a great actor i love keanu reeves um it's like my guilty pleasure movie that <laughs> yeah. i can just watch over and over and over again yeah those, so. are, those are good movies to have uh it's like for me kind of the same time frame for well, age wise for me was like the early 2000s and like there were movies from that time, we may have been just talking. I think it was you I was talking to about the other day, like like the original Fast and the Furious, the Transporter, mm-hmm. Italian Job, like movies that they're not gonna win any awards, like uh, maybe some bad ones even, but um, I love them. Like <laughs> they're just like the cheesy like comfort movies I can mm-hmm. just put on. Absolutely, man. I'll uh, I'll uh, if I haven't watched it in some time, I'm I'm always down to put a Statham movie on, right? So I do love uh, some Jason Statham. Actually, give me some Homefront, um, but. Uh, I hadn't watched trans, uh, The Transporter in quite some si- uh, time, so I just watched that not too long ago. And The Italian Job, I just watched like two weeks ago. Yeah. So No, it was like, that was me in the early 2000s. I saw The One with Jet Li. Oh, and then I right. was like, Gee, this guy's so cool. <laughs> I didn't even know he was British at that point, cause he had it, but I, later on watching that movie, you can tell he was not English, American. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then I went on a kick of watching every movie that I could find with Jason Statham in it. I just, yeah, those action movies are great. And then it's not a, they're not, it's not a, a trilogy or, um, but basically movies like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, um, Snatch, um, all of those types of movies. If you ever get a chance, uh, I don't know why the director is escaping me right Guy now. Guy Ritchie? Yeah, Guy Ritchie. Get a chance to watch his movies. Uh, his movies are, his movies are amazing if you like that that action sequenced type of deal. Um, yeah, he always does like a, a, that sense of humor in it too. Right? Yeah, it's not absolutely. exactly like hilarious, it's but it's a lot it's of there. dry sense of humor, which is what I love. So yeah, Guy Ritchie stuff is, uh, is amazing. Yeah. I know. I saw snatch back in the day and he did the Sherlock Holmes movies with, he did with Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Right. So yeah, good, good stuff. Um, all right. So, what would you say if you can narrow it down? Either your top three or top five favorite games are. Uh, number one is always easy. Re- the original Resident Evil loved Resident mm. Evil. Um, so the PS One old tank controls. Uh, I would rather have give me the Sega Saturn version with the um, with the Wesker oh. boss fight. Yeah, um, uh, I played it both. I beat it on both several times, but I was always more of the Sega Saturn fan um, because I liked the uh, the wider screen portion of it over the uh the more squared screen of the ps1 uh, yeah i, th- I was a, dis- a different aspect ratio on it uh but uh resident evil was always number one now when video games came in your life those are at different times right so resident evil was number one number two for me i i, I was a skateboarder in the 80s and so uh 
Oh, yeah, I did a lot, man. Trust me. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> I rode half pipes, launch ramps, all that type of stuff, skating in competitions. Um, but uh, skate or die. Love skate or die. On the NES? We'll still, yeah. yeah, we'll still jump on it. it. Uh, oh, it's as uh, bare bones as can be. I mean, you were talking about Tony Hawk, and I'm like, yeah, I loved Tony Hawk. Um, but skate or die for me, that, that really stupid half pipe that you just – Going around on doing the same tricks, but trying to get it, it just to me, I find pleasure in it. Yeah. Um, then the Ocarina of Time, uh, my favorite uh, Zelda game of all time. Actually, I haven't played a Zelda game since the Ocarina of Time. Uh, and the reason why is I didn't think they could ever top it. So um, then uh, I would tell you my two other favorite games. Uh, were not home consoles. They were arcade games. And okay. uh, uh, if I hear the music anywhere I'm walking, whether it's a pizza joint or a bar or anything, if I hear the sound of Miss Pac-Man or I hear the sound of Tron, I've got to go jump on those games. Yeah. Um, I've probably, over the course of the 80s, probably spent $1,000 pumping quarters into <laughs> Miss Pac-Man and Tron. And the reason why is Tron was the only video game at our local Walmart and was out front. And while my parents went shopping, I was just on Tron. And I'm a big fan of the movie uh, and the lore of Tron. But uh, those two games, um, uh, just, they call you, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, again, that brings me back to childhood, which to me was innocence. And I would love to be able to go back there and just play the games with no worries in the world. You know, know, just standing there with my quarters, killing spiders, trying to get to the through the <laughs> portal, or driving that laser bike. You know, that's and that's why nostalgia is so hot right now because everybody, the world around us is terrible. <laughs> like we want to go back to that time when we were kids and we didn't have to think about all of this stuff. So yeah, that's why we chase that that quote unquote high of nostalgia. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, Miss Pac-Man, hands down a classic. But that Tron machine, man, like even just looking at it when you see it, like I, I hadn't even seen one until I was probably an adult because um, they weren't common in arcades in the 90s anymore probably. No. But I saw, I know um, Dorky's, I don't know if they still have it, but in downtown Tacoma, they had one. That's the first time I ever saw one. And that machine calls you. It does. It just has such a cool look to it. It does. It looks futuristic. Mm-hmm. And even though it was, you know, came out in the early 80s, it still looks futuristic. It's a it's awesome. It's an awesome arcade machine for sure. So, but no, those are all great games. I like. I've never played Skate or Die, but um, I've I've heard about it before. But yeah, that's definitely a great list of games there. Ocarina of Time was your last Zelda, though, huh? Yeah, I mean, I've played portions of uh, Wind Waker, but uh, I did not play Twilight Princess. I didn't do either of the um, Switch games. Uh, I will eventually play them. Um, because I know that uh, Tears of the Kingdom is a great game. I know Breath of the Wild was a great game. Um, but I, I've missed my window on those, you know? Yeah, so, it's understandable. Again, you know, your times in your life is where you uh, um, you look at something and you're like, there are certain consoles I never played, right? And because I was playing... I never played Super Nintendo, because <coughs> we jumped into uh, Sega and PS1. Yeah. And so... Um, I have no affinity for the, the SNES yeah. um, or the GameCube because I I didn't play GameCube. I was, it wasn't the age for me. So, yeah, it's the same thing with the, the, the Zelda stuff. It was just, just out of my pocket at yeah. that time. I was more into playing Halo 
yeah. you know, Call of Duty, that type of stuff. No, that makes sense. And that's that's pretty genuine or normal like circumstances too. Like even when the sixty four came out, for whatever reason my parents bought me a PlayStation One. They didn't ask for it. I think I wanted a sixty four, but they <laughs> bought me a PlayStation. <clears throat> I don't know why they did that. They weren't gamers. I don't but because of that all of my friends had 64s, but because of that, I have fondness for games that most of my friends didn't for years. Final Fantasy VII, you know, Metal Gear Solid, whatever else as years went on. But, yeah, I mean, I obviously have played, I have played 64 since, and, you know, so many of those games are super memorable to me. It was but. who your parents got at the counter. Was it the hipster dude? It was like, no, you want a PS1, my my dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, or that must have been you got happened. the person at, oh, well, who's, what do I buy? And they're like, well, everybody's just buying the N64, you know? Yeah. So they got the hipster dude. So that's, that's ex- what It happened. had to have been what happened because my parents were not like, my mom would play with me sometimes, but they weren't gamers. My mom called yeah. the everything a Nintendo for years, you know? She was one of those stereotypical moms. Go play Nintendo when you're on Xbox now. <laughs> you uh, you want fun, family-friendly games, or do you want to ruin your child's life? We want to ruin our child's life. PS1's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of dark, scary games on that uh, console. <laughs> yeah, I remember. That just takes me back briefly to my GameStop days when people would come in and they'd be like, is Grand Theft Auto bad? Like, should my 10-year-old play it? And I'd be like, okay, well, it does have prostitutes and strip clubs and you can kill a, a prostitute and get your money back after you use her to refill your health. And they're like, oh, wow. Oh, he's a good, he's an immature 10 year old. I'm like, oh, whatever. Can't wait to play with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh, man. So, Dad standing over there is like, that sounds like a game I could get behind. <laughs> this game sounds great. <laughs> All right. So that helps us get to know you a little bit better, get to know some of your game tastes. It's also fun to hear like those other hobbies, like mm-hmm. how into movies you are and stuff. I know we talked a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, before we started recording about your place and you said that you had you know signed pictures and posters from different memorabilia oh yeah definitely so it sounds like pop culture really speaks to you yeah excuse me and you can see that in the store too because it's not just a video game store it is it almost feels like a pop culture store yeah it's uh i would say although video games take up a good portion of the sales if you walk into my store the first thing you aren't thinking is a video game store you're thinking toy store vintage toy store pop culture things of that nature so uh yeah that's uh what i was going for wanted to do something different to just kind of bring everybody in all types of collectors in yeah it's like a collector's haven yeah (laughs) exactly now now let's let's why was it with the k instead of just collector's haven so i've had everybody go was it, was it because it was killer instinct uh was it uh, Mortal Kombat? Uh, you know, why the K? And uh, so when I was looking for names, I had a bunch of different names light out. Um, light out. And uh, so I, I looked at Collector's Haven and I went on Google to see if there were any other Collector's Havens. And there was uh, one or two like down south or whatnot. And they were mom and pa stores. And I'm like, but if they ever get huge they're going to want their name, right? So I'm like, what if I threw a K on it? Has anybody done that? And nobody had. And so I was like, oh, collector's haven with a K. And everybody can make up their own reason to why that K is on the, the front there. Mm-hmm. So, But it was really just because I was trying to stay out of uh, copyright infringement. Yeah. Oh, yeah, makes sense. really sticks in your head, too, more. 
that difference, that uniqueness to it. Yeah, except when people are trying to find your store and they keep putting in a C <laughs> oh. and they're like, you're not on Google. And I'm like, yes, did you I put am. a K on there? <laughs> yeah. See, I for one think it's much cooler to use a K than a C. Yeah. I'm Chris with a K, so I, of course I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did it. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> You're welcome. You knew you would meet me one day. Absolutely. It would be just for me. <laughs> I was looking in the phone book, and I was like, oh, well, there's Chris with a K. <laughs> that guy's going to be cool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So now that we're talking about um, Game Store, that was kind of when you talked about coming on the, the episode. I know you even kind of mentioned, like, oh, we don't need to talk about the store, but I was like, that's kind of exactly what I want to talk about. Like, right. You don't get a lot of opportunities to talk to store owners um, especially like this, like you might go in and talk to one, but have a podcast where you can ask questions. And I, th- I think, especially with most of my listener base, I-, I have a lot of collectors that listen. So a lot of them like to go to game stores and they probably have questions that, you know, don't get answered very often. So that's kind of what we did. Me and Jane talked a little bit about some questions that we had that we came up with. And I also asked uh, followers on Instagram, uh, for some of their questions. So these are things you may have heard before. Some of them might be un- unique, but we just wanted to pick your brain and and see what see what we got from it. So so let's talk here. So how long now has Collectors Haven been up and running? Uh, just uh, a year and two months. So we're just a couple months over a year, which is nice. So how long before you were able to open it was it something that you were like this is what I'm going to do just got to find the right circumstance. It was uh it was the summer of 2021 so I opened in 22 um but uh, so it was one year almost one year to the day um I just looked over to my son I was like you want to open a store and uh <laughs> he was like do I get to work at it? I'm like, no, I just asked you. Of course you get to work at it. Why would I? Because uh, I have two sons, but one's off at law school. So um, I know this is, uh, so my oldest obviously gone to college, but my my youngest, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I don't got a lot of time left with, you know, him because he'll be out of the house too. And I was yeah. like, what could I do to spend that time with my kid? Mm. And so, uh, yeah, it was a, a year before I opened up that I, I put everything I had kind of behind it. Yeah, that's a pretty quick turnaround in the grand scheme of things, I would think, like to come up with the idea and get it up by in a year. Yeah, it that's... ended a relationship. Oh, well, I, hopefully that was a good thing. <laughs> no, no, uh, okay, so no, it helped. <laughs> so uh, me and my girlfriend lived in a condo, and I, I will get as deep as you want. I'll, I have no... I, I will answer everything always honestly and probably too much, but um, we lived in a two-bedroom condo, and I decided I wanted to open a store, and so instead of, I didn't want to spend money renting a storage unit, so every time I bought stuff, it just got more <laughs> oh. and more in the condo. So it became a no-bedroom condo. <laughs> it, it became a, it came almost a no-room condo, and I, you know, I really feel bad for because, you know, it was taking up our personal space but in my mind i always had this end goal of what it was going to do right and uh you know and it put strain on our relationship and you know there's no ill feelings there we're still friends or whatnot but uh if you're ever thinking about opening a video game store just pay the extra money though to get a storage, <laughs> storage unit, unit. <laughs> and uh, you'll save yourself a lot of headache uh 
with your significant other. Yeah. Well, I mean, even obviously we're still married, but in our, I told you earlier, our last place was only 400 square feet. Oh, yeah. And I was still a collector then. <laughs> so, but then it was just a matter of finding every nook and cranny I could to hide my stuff. <laughs> Why do you have games stapled to the ceiling? That's uh... <laughs> Don't ask questions to what you don't want the answer. <laughs> How do you even get that down to play? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll play it eventually. <laughs> yeah, man, every, every literal like space I could store stuff in, I actually feel she was very patient with me because she didn't have a lot of stuff stored anywhere. The every cabinet, everything that didn't have something important in it was more games. Yeah, Jaden and I were talking before we started. He hides yeah. them in his kitchen, uh, and I'm like, I do too, buddy. Don't feel bad. You're not alone. <laughs> right? We all do it. Absolutely. We don't have a choice. Um, so we might have kind of we kind of talked about this a little bit, but. I know you mentioned, you know, doing something with your son was part of the encouragement, but was there any more encouragement to opening your own store? Uh, there was a ton. So yeah. the first one, opening, doing something with my son. But uh, the second one was uh, I managed large companies or large stores and stuff for 29 years. And uh, the only time anybody ever wanted to talk to me was pretty much because somebody was upset. And mm -hmm. uh, so... You know, my day consisted of angry people constantly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had been called every name in the book. I'd been spit on. I'd been stabbed. I had a gun pulled on me. And I thought, what would be the complete opposite of that? <laughs> and it was like, man, if I could open a store, because originally it was just supposed to be a video game store. And then I started finding that all nostalgia was a lot of fun. And I was like, man, people can just walk in my store and be kids again. Everybody's happy. Smiles on the faces. I get to hear stories. I get to tell stories, which is a complete opposite from my professional career. And so that was reason number two. Uh, reason number three, and uh, you know, for all you collectors out there, uh, one, I feel real bad. And it's because I was a collector too. Um, you go into a video game store, you go into a toy store, you go into any, any basic collector store nowadays, and uh, you see stuff you want, but the prices are outrageous. And you mm -hmm. think to yourself, man, I can absolutely get this on eBay or, or even Amazon, even though sometimes Amazon is twice the price on certain things. Yeah. But there are other avenues to find certain things. But yet we all want to go into something and do some shopping and look around and be nostalgic, which you can't get online. You can't be nostalgic mm -hmm. looking at something online. Yeah, it's that not the same. It's not the same, right? And so I would go into these places too. And I just got so tired of everything being overpriced and being told the story, well, you get it now. And, you know, you're getting a legit copy when you're like, I, I could I can just figure return that it. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got buyer protection on basically anywhere I go outside of, you know, Macari or something like that. And uh, so um, I wanted to do, I wanted to bring something where people would come in and the pricing would be where they want it to be. And, I wanted to do that because I hated it. Yeah. And, and also was, I got tired of walking into those places and there were 37 copies of Madden and then maybe one decent title and then 32 copies of MLB yes. Baseball and then one decent title. And it looked like they had a lot of games, but you're like, man, they really don't have anything here. Yeah. And so I told my customers, I will constantly update my, my uh, selection. Um, I will constantly be buying. And uh, that's what I wanted. That's the reason number three. I wanted people to be able to come someplace where they love the pricing and they always felt like they found something new, even if it had been three days since they had been there. Um, mm -hmm. So that was reason number three. And then reason number four uh, was a, a, something inside of Kitsap County, which is on the peninsula, that uh, really wasn't around. 
Um, and uh, I wanted to give some people a new experience. And that's kind of what I was trying to do with it. I'm about ready to expand. Uh, I'm doubling in size in the next month. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, I'm going to be doing... A, one side's going to be all toys. The other side's going to be video gaming and Pokemon cards. And then um, it'll now allow me some room to put some TVs up and, um, you know, let people play some games and things of that nature. Nice. So, yeah. um, but it was all a culmination of that, man. I just wanted to have fun. I wanted people to remember what it was like to have fun. And uh, they're building an arcade right across from me. So that's cool. I mean, it, it's not going to be, it's so far it doesn't look like the best arcade, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, Ah, you know, we're trying, right? Yeah. We're trying. So, and they'll get maybe they'll get Miss Pac-Man in there. Yeah, takes more of your already asked. They're not. Uh, they're not doing Aww. it. Because um, <laughs> that was the, fir- the very first thing I asked. Are you putting in Miss Pac-Man? They're like, well, no. All of our old arcade games like that and pinball machines go to bars. Those are our biggest uh-huh. uh, contracts or whatnot. And yeah. I'm like, well, your claw machines aren't going to play here, pal. Yeah. <laughs> so. Unless those prizes are excellent, and if they are, I'm going to win them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm going to make sure I get them. Absolutely. Learn the tricks. Or I'll just beat up the little kids to walk out with them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that sounds like I, I totally get where you're coming from on all those. First off, we could have, um, if the podcast wasn't PG, we could go over all the names we've been called working in retail oh, settings. <laughs> um, because I've heard things that I didn't even know existed. Until I worked retail and management. <laughs> yeah, and I when I say I've been stabbed, I was literally stabbed in the arm Oof. with a pocket knife. So <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. I've been held up, I've been tied up, but and you know robbed and all that at work, but never stabbed. So that sucks. <laughs> I would have rather been stabbed than tied up. <laughs> yeah, that's the story. What that, that happened? But... <laughs> yeah, that's a story for another day. <laughs> yeah, you do. You'll have to tell that story though. That's uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was a whole experience. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely get where you're coming from on every one of those points. Like, I can't tell you, like working at GameStop, you know, like I talk about it with fondness, but I loved working at the store. I loved working with the people. I loved the good customers. I hated the company. I hated that they didn't care about you, but that's like, I always wanted those good customer interactions. You know, you have, you had all those people that would come in regularly and you, you know, you created these kind of we talked about a little bit earlier you almost created a bond with them like they come through the door and like sometimes they don't even come to buy you're just happy to see them they're just there to hang out for a few minutes and that was awesome and like you really get that way more at a at your own personal store or Mm -hmm. at a mom and pop shop in general when you know when at least when the owners care than you do at a GameStop most of the time nowadays (laughs) especially sorry about that um but yeah no and then also just on pricing some of these stores man they they don't even follow like eBay and price charting prices, like. But they do when you want to trade something you know, in. Yeah. You know, then there's all of a sudden that magic place where they go mm. and it's like, well, you have it for 150, so why can't I at least get half of that? And they're like, well, eBay says it's 100, and it's like, okay, well, why are you selling it for 150? Yeah, because that's a legit copy. Well, what? <laughs> yeah, your logic's not making sense here, man. Yeah, that's just like it's so fun to go into a store. And like you said, look at even just like the goal is probably to buy, but sometimes it's just to look, you know, like it's nice to look like I didn't know. I forgot about that game or like I didn't even know this existed. But when you look at the price and you're like priced out because they're 30 percent higher than your mm-hmm. standard eBay pricing, like that's like, why. Yeah. Why, why, why would I? 
Why would I buy this here right now? Yeah, so so the way I looked at it was, and, and I'm going to be off on pricing from time to time because I'll price something and I can't get back to it every day and yeah. reprice and reprice as the market goes. But I go to eBay and I see, okay, the last five have sold. Let's say the average is $100. I try to be at that $90 to $95 range because I'm like, one, if I was going to sell online, I'm going to eat the 15% anyway, right? Exactly. Um, but I'm like, also, I'm beating the market, essentially, because let's be honest, eBay sets a lot of the market. I know people go to price charting and things of that nature, but um, most of the time, people are going to sell their stuff on eBay. So that's kind of the, the biggest indicator. And I'm like, I'm always going to try and stay below that, uh, even if I've paid up on something, you know, if... I'm going to set it out for 95 knowing it goes for 100 but I paid 75 I'm still going to set it at that 90 to 95 range. And it's it's just because I, I want to. So I ran big stores and it was you wanted to move stuff as quick as possible. Stagnant merchandise creates no sales. It's mm -hmm. uh, it just creates a, a void, which is nobody wants to look at your stuff anymore because they've seen the same old stuff. So my thing is I want to move product as fast as possible. And, and that's why I put it at price points that sell. So I may not sell it for as much as the next person does. And for any, if anybody's out there that owns a game store, I'm not knocking anybody's hustle. Do what you like. That's your, your thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, this is how I prefer to do it. And you may, it may take you, um, you may sell one game within a month, but I've already sold that game 12 times, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so I've made more profitability out of it, even though they had the better price margin on the individual game um, because I also, cash is liquid, right? So I'm constantly generating cash to buy more stuff. And uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. the way I operate. Uh, I mean, I think most uh, shoppers slash collectors uh, appreciate that <laughs> mindset a lot yeah. more. I know there's a store somewhat close to me here and like I love the fact that I have a store close but I don't ever go there because his prices are astronomical like I I'm I would always prefer to give my money if I was going to buy something if I knew right now I wanted to go buy Pokemon Yellow or whatever I would much rather go to a store locally and give that store my money than buy it on eBay from a faceless seller but I'm not of the financial situation where I can go to that store just because I want to support a store and pay 30% more you know, than eBay. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I would, I, I would always prefer to go to a store, but sometimes they just make themselves unapproachable. And then when they're not willing to negotiate on price at all, like I understand they're not a pawn shop or whatever, but if there's no give, like what's the point? I don't, there's no point in me going there, mm -hmm. you know? It's yeah. still it's fun to look but that's all you're doing <laughs> so no i definitely i definitely respect that it's nice to i don't know it's just nice to hear you know somebody who cares about their customers and not just the dollar which is important you got to make a living but yeah i mean i i'll still make money but it it comes from you know finding every uh, other avenues right you if you understand how to keep your low uh, overhead low you know um and I don't, when I say that, I'm not saying I'm buying cheaply from people. I'm actually paying 50% cash for games typically. And I get the question a lot is, how are you able to survive that paying 50% and still being below eBay prices? Well, I do toys and stuff as well. And toys are a lot easier to come by than video games are. So, um, you know, you, you find different avenues where you make greater margins on and you make sure you're good in those areas just as well. And, uh, you know, it, you just, 
your business has got to be such you know exactly how you can pull strings on margins but still keep prices to where they need to be and a lot of business owners are just lazy in that they would rather overprice and then pray to god somebody doesn't know what the price is on something and they they go after it because they really want it and that's just a prey mentality my main thing is i just want to get collectors the merchandise they want yeah Um, this is why i'm a regular customer because you have constant revolving inventory there's a reason to check it out and then if i do see something i'm like okay yeah i'm I'm getting that says the guy who went to pax and nintendo uh live (laughs) instead of coming to my sale on the weekend i didn't know because you're on facebook (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's uh i'm old school facebook no no instagram and stuff like that so um but i also didn't want to uh i scaled too fast too quickly too so a lot of people don't know that uh I don't mind if I discuss this or whatnot. Is I, I don't know if you have a time limit, so I'll no, try no, no, to, no, 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 take no. Your, so, uh, no. These episodes sometimes go really long, so <laughs> take your time. So I, uh, so I only started the business with uh, just under fifty thousand in inventory, right? And uh, I'm like, um, I should be good, you know. I'm like, I if I can make three hundred dollars a day, because I'm not, I don't know how this is going to take off or anything like that. I'm like. That's just under 10000 a month. I'm like, I'll figure out some things or whatnot. And I opened in July 8th uh, last year. And uh, our first month, we did uh, $27,000 oh, in dang. sales. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to need a bigger boat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Jaws reference, right? And all I found myself every night was scouring the internet and, and calling friends. Can I buy stuff from you? Can I buy stuff from you? And... Uh, I had to scale so quickly because I didn't think I'd get into that until you're like three, four, five. Because I'm like, how are these people even finding out who I am? And all I did was blitz uh, marketplace, buy and sell groups, things of that nature. Um, did some word of mouth stuff. Friends did word of mouth. And uh, I mean, we've been, you know, so busy since. And, you know, thanks to the community and stuff like that. But yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know how I made it through the first two months with, because uh, I look at pictures, because I took pictures of everything along the way. And I'm like, I don't know how I even got through the first two months without looking like a, an out of business Toys R Us. Because uh, <laughs> it was like, everybody just came in and just devoured everything. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, well, so right now, I, I, you know, if you, know, you want to open a video game store, I spend twenty five to 35000 a month buying inventory. Uh, to stay relevant. Wow. So, um, and that's on a small scale. You think I'm I'm only in a 750 square foot building, so just basically double your old studio yeah. uh, apartment. apartment yeah. And uh, I'm about to be about 1,500 square feet, which will be really nice. But uh, if you walk into my store now, it's just I have a massive amount of inventory in a small space. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it just, we scaled so quickly. Um, thanks to... My business knowledge of running businesses in the path of the past, I was able to stick with it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, kudos to the community, man. Without, without customers, you ain't nothing. Yeah. So. But that goes right back to the way you run your store too. Like if Jaden went to your store and it was things were overpriced and you know yada yada, he might have said like, oh yeah, I've been there, but never said anything else. But he was preaching the word of Collector's Haven on <laughs> Discord to the you know the X Button Gaming Discord. And eventually, you know, that spread to the point where, you know, more of us are telling more people. And that, I mean, that's just one person, you know, that was able yeah. to do that. And I really appreciate that, man. But uh, yeah, that's that's the responses I wanted. I wanted to elicit 
And uh, I hear that uh, a lot. People are just like, man, your prices are really good here. What? And I'm just like, you know, uh, I'm price pointing games that are eight to 10 bucks at five bucks. So I think that's probably a good bread and butter Mm -hmm. one because people are like, man, this was $12 at this store. It's $5 here. And I'm just like, yeah, I need it gone. It needs to, it needs to move. Uh, You know, I don't want 37 copies of Assassin's Creed. Uh, You know, I'm I'm like, that's just as bad as having 37 copies of Madden to me, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing against Assassin's Creed, but they're a dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and if I feel that inventory is not moving, then I take it to the back and I, Put it in the dollar bin, and when the holidays come, I will have massive amounts of dollar games that people can go sift through for Black Friday and on yeah. through Christmas and things Stocking like that. Stocking stuffers. So, um, but yeah, you got to you got to move the inventory. It just it looks ugly. Yeah. yeah, no, it makes it makes sense too. And like your store too, just your inventory. You, I've been in your store probably three times now, which isn't a lot, but um, each time, like you said very different stuff but you've gained more stuff and it's like it's always there's always some i mean i'm one of those people i could always buy something um but excuse me just comparing to some other stores like sometimes you walk in like you said and it's just like there's nothing and it's because you know loose licensed games it's just like yeah you just like yeah that's all there is but you yeah well you missed uh um in the middle of july i bought a hundred thousand dollar video game collection and it's over it's over half gone already wow um and i'm like where did it all go (laughs) i'm like i thought i was good for a while you know i was literally like okay i can breathe and uh next thing i know i'm going through this weekend and i'm like i don't have enough video games and uh that is that is the toughest part of owning that business is uh the waves crashing over the beast it just erodes Mm. and um i I'm not lazy. I, I understand that uh, I don't get enough merchandise coming through my door to be traded in or sold. So it's uh, today. Um, it was my day off, and I spent. I left at uh, ten o'clock this morning, and spent ten thousand dollars driving around the greater Seattle area, and then down to the podcast here to restock games and toys. So that way, tomorrow and Thursday, going into the weekend, I'm restocked for. People who want stuff. Yeah. Uh, how many video game store owners do that? Uh, most of them are relying on the the people walking in, and uh, that's, you know, they don't sell enough inventory, and they're a little stale on that stuff. So I'm still hustling. Um, yeah. Now there might become a time. I'm 47. I'm 48 later this month, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to keep doing that. But uh, for now, I still love it. I still love the thrill of the hunt, finding mm-hmm. stuff. Because you know, I get the first pick, so my my stuff looks pretty cool at my house. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also a big nerd when it comes to movie memorabilia and in toys and Star Wars and things like that. So um, I would say my my video game collection does take a back seat to uh, um, that stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's only because uh, it looks a little more decor. You know, video game stuff looks great in a in a like a cave, right? And um, but. When it's your whole house, which mine is, it's, you know, having a four foot tall R2 in the dining room looks a little better than having a, you know, a Zelda, uh, SNES Zelda box (laughs) over in the corner. So, you know, but, uh, yeah, so I always get first pick, which is nice. My son gets second pick, which is, um, that kid, uh, he went through and added up his room and in just over the year we've been open, he's added like $10,000 worth of inventory to his room and, uh. 
I'm just like, I am paying him entirely way too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perk, man. That's a perk of the job. I think that was one of the Instagram questions. Somebody was going to ask that. So we'll come back to it a little bit too. Um, so I guess kind of on that same vein too, like what are some of the coolest and or most unique items that you've had come through your doors? It could be not just video games if you have, you know, any memorabilia stuff too. Um, yeah. Let's see. I... I don't think I've had anything. It was just like, oh my god, uh, you know. I've had uh, swords come through, and I'll buy sword. I've had Zelda swords come through, uh, One Piece swords come through, uh, Sword Art Online swords come through. Those are always fun, and they never stick around. They they literally last less than mm-hmm. a week. Um, you know, I, uh, I I get some sealed games. You're just like, oh wow, you know, you still have the sealed. This is awesome. Uh, and then that's when you start getting into, how oh, do I keep this for myself? Because I may not see it again. Or do I put it out for sale? Because I put so much money out on it, right? And so um, I would say, uh, again, I, a big movie fan. I had uh, a Lord of the Rings line come in where they had the uh, the Witch King sword, the, uh, um, the daggers for Legolas, and uh, the... Uh, the Return of the King sword for Aragon. And, uh, you know, those are... I'm not, like, an overwhelming Lord of the Ring fan, but they looked so awesome. Yeah. And they looked great on the wall for, like, four days. Yeah. And then I'm like, that spot is now clear on my wall. I need something else cool. I think everybody comes in, though, and they love the Gallowhorn that sits above, uh, off to the side. Uh, everybody comes in and it's like, oh, you have a Gallowhorn. And I'm like... Doesn't everybody? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't something everybody has. <laughs> um, the coolest thing I've ever found in the wild, though, uh, and just for me personally, because I'm a big horror fan, I found the Rule of Rose sealed. Um, <gasps> oh, uh, but I did, you know, it wasn't like a, a garage sale find where you paid $2 for it. I, I had to pay $450 for it. it still and seems the, like a steal. <laughs> well, at the time, it was going for about 500 Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, now it's a steal. So that's one of my prize pieces in my collection. Again, as a just a, a horror video game fan, um, I know it's not the greatest game, but it's just one of those. It's a flex moment, right? Yeah. I got Rule of Rose sealed. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's one of the biggest grails not sealed <laughs> yeah, on the PS2. Absolutely. So that that was a lot of fun finding that one. Um, don't get a lot of that stuff coming through. I tell you right now, I'm just excited when Pokemon stuff walks through my door. I'm just like Pokemon games in general. Um, I have sold over a thousand Pokemon games in the last six months, Dang. and uh, it just and so that's one of the things I stocked up on today. It just so I'm like I'm excited when that stuff comes through the door, and I don't have to drive an hour to go get it. I'm just like, oh, you've got Pokemon. You're my new best friend. <laughs> Easy money, thank you. Do you have you find yourself begging like the begging strips we have on the table here? You know, I'm just like, do you have more? Do you have so, do you have snacks. friends that have Pokemon games? Does your mom play Pokemon? I need some more of that Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh oh, I, it feels that way sometimes. Some junkies, uh, Pokemon junkies, scratching their necks, just like, oh, do you have heart gold? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that was that's probably what's going to bring me to my next question: is what's the most popular game that people most commonly ask for? Uh, it, it it's it's either Pokemon, Zelda, or or Mario. Uh, uh, I mean, stick to the Nintendo. It, it, yeah, Nintendo is king. Um, you know, I've I, I still have some awesome PS One games sitting in uh, in my case, and uh, I think they're great prices. Finally, Tomba One and Two just sold, but. Uh, 
you know, I have Silent Hill sitting in there, which is a great franchise, but, um, you know, oh, people will overlook those and just be like, what Pokemon do you have in stock? You know, it's <laughs> like, I just sold a bunch. Oh, I'm always a day late and a dollar short. Well, join the crowd. We're all a day late. Everybody <laughs> wants Pokemon. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's, uh, it doesn't matter if it's 3DS or Switch or if it's, uh, you know, Game Boy Advance or DS. They just... It's it's just constant and constant, and the, even with the prices, in as insane as they are, I mean, Pokemon uh, Emerald. I remember when that game was less than fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Now it sits in that. Well, some places they have it for like three hundred, but it's really a one seventy five to two hundred game, a dollar mm-hmm. game right now, loose. And I usually have it for about one sixty five, and I always think, okay, it's going to take a while to sell. And uh, I've had eight copies in the last month. And not one copy has lasted more than an hour. Jesus. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I didn't call anybody in to say, yeah. hey, I've got there's, there's Pokemon senses, Emeralds. There's Pokemon senses are tingling. Yeah. Somebody walks in off the street I've never seen before. And they're like, oh, you got mm-hmm. Pokemon Emerald. Uh, I'll take that. How much is it? I'm like 165. They're like sold. And I'm like, okay, you know, hey, um, I'll try to find another copy. So Yeah, I'm surprised more people don't scoff at the price. I know, like, collectors know it's expensive, but you'd think, like, the everyday yeah. person. Yeah. Parents do. Yeah. Parents are like, what? And the kid's like, no, Mom, that's a good price. That's a real good price. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know if it's a good price. I am below what it goes for, but to me, that's a horrible price. So. Yeah, it's, man, Pokemon is ridiculous. Like, I love Pokemon. I, I, you know, I was 12 when Pokemon came out, so I was that right age for to be part of the Pokemon hype. But the prices on Pokemon games, they should not be worth as much as they are by any means oh yeah by any stretch of the imagination they're Um, not rare (laughs) no not at all but you know i I love that people like what they like i'd much excuse me much rather see somebody uh you know spend 165 dollars on a a pokemon game than you know have an addiction to something that's not as for uh, sure (laughs) and that's kind of how i always evaluate that uh when it comes to uh, a husband and wife and i know women play games just as much as men do but it's always um, I don't know if the wife is going to let me buy it, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you could have a lot worse addiction. And I'm saying this to the wife and say, I'm like, <laughs> Hey, you could drink, you could yeah. do drugs, but you know, video games. And then they're like, yeah, you know, you're not, you're not wrong. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so buy it for it. <laughs> right. It's always been kind of, I mean, I know everybody's got their own thing, but I guess maybe I just got lucky with who I'm married to too, but we just, we don't micro, we spend, if we have the money, we both understand we can spend it. That's all mm-hmm. there is to it. Like we don't micromanage what we spend money on. Or who, you know, she wants something. I'm not like, well, are you sure you need that? If we have the money, she wants it, and vice versa. She doesn't shame my hobby. But, you know, everybody's got their things, I guess. But um, have you noticed any... So Pokemon's obviously the hot one, Zelda, Mario. Have you noticed any franchises kind of coming up lately where people are starting to ask for it more? No, you you have a bunch of one-offs. You know, uh, I've had... It's weird. Three people in the last month asking for uh, uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, but on the Xbox 360. Oh, yeah. more uncommon. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, once you're like, oh, okay, cool. Twice you're like, wow. And the third time you're like, is there something I don't know that's going on here <laughs> yeah. that they want uh, They want this random game that was a failed movie, you know? Uh, and I understand it's uh, rarer than the Xbox was, but at the same time. And they're trying to convince me how great a game it was. And I'm like... You know, maybe one day I'll think about not playing it. You know? <laughs> it's just like, but if you're happy, I'm happy. 
Um, and that's not to be snooty or anything. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know that I'm going to get to Peter Jackson's King Kong. But uh, no franchises, really. We do talk about, um, you know, franchises that uh, have gotten cheap over recent years. Uh, and uh, But uh, nothing... I mean, Zelda... Zelda, because it had a new game come out, the Mario movie really drove a lot of Mario stuff. So I mean, it's hard to remember the things past that because uh, Nintendo is just dominating the market right now. Um, PS2 games, you know, are usually people who um, are trying to put a collection together or they're trying to find their RPG games or, you know, and uh, the same with PlayStation. Um I've had a run on Xbox lately. Um, seemingly, a lot of people are uh, trying to put Xbox collections together. I don't know where that came from, but uh, I went from not really selling many Xbox games to now I probably sell a handful a day. Um, maybe part of that is is nobody ever has a good Xbox selection, yeah. <laughs> so I mine has grown exponentially. So maybe that's the reason behind it. If you give people what they want, they'll buy it. But uh, no, man, I I'm so drunk on needing pokemon and zelda and, and mario games that it's hard to i'm just cool when it get in good titles uh run on uh, i've had a run on n64 i can't keep n64 in stock um and that doesn't matter what title it is um there's about 30 to 50 titles inside of n64 that just um are constant and people are asking for constantly um whether it's 007 Donkey Kong 64, the Mario outside of the Mario games and the the Zelda and Pokemon's, um, though or Pokemon, um, it's uh, uh, yeah, just funny how uh, not many games get out of that scope. Yeah, uh, they'll sell, but not at just not at the the pace. Yeah, not the consistency. Yeah, I wish I could give you a nice little nugget on. What, what people are really looking for but it's those three that drive your business yeah uh, that sounds about right i mean just looking at the internet in general that that uh goes hand in hand with what you see on on uh, people on reddit with people talking on ebay with what's selling it's pokemon mario and zelda mm-hmm. i mean even going back to my gamestop days which has been a while ago those were still probably the three most common titles people came in and asked for I mean, then after that, it's probably Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty, but... I mean, I get asked a lot for uh, new games, PS5 games and things like that. I'm like, guys, I'm not a distributor, so Mm -hmm. if I get anything in, it's that random game that somebody brought in that uh, GameStop was only going to give them 12 cents for. Sorry to go to your... Oh, no, I... No love love for GameStop, really. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm like... I'm really more just retro. I'd love to have new stuff in there for everybody, but you know, when you're not a distributor, um, and I don't want to buy stolen stuff either. So that's the, you know, mm-hmm. you got six PS5 games coming in that are all sealed. Oh, I just didn't play these. You know, you're like, oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. You're like, I'm in a moral dilemma here. I could use them, but at the same time, I'm I'm sure Walmart and Target's not going to come looking for them, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, I don't know if I want to feed that habit. So... Uh, yeah. I would love to have new stuff though. So I, I do get asked that for a lot, especially Switch games. Um, I get a ton of uh, people coming in for Switch. Thankfully, I just got a huge Switch collection. I think you had seen it where I had oh, like, yeah. uh, I got a, almost 200 Switch games, which are now down to 
about 50 switch games oh, um and that was just a month ago yeah. so in case you want to know how fast i go through inventory um it's funny though i have the collector i got it from was never into sports and uh just massively into uh limited run games and so there's a ton of i have a ton of limited run um switch uh, ps vita and uh, ps4 and they're very hard to sell yeah um, they're the kind of games that i'm like if somehow we get shut down again for COVID or whatnot first thing's going online <laughs> yeah no, i know when i went in there i did i started looking at the vita games because i always want some but yeah <clears throat> and excuse me i noticed a lot of them were the limited run and that is one section of vita games i don't have a lot of interest in there might be a few that i kind of want but limited run did a with the vita especially they did a lot of they just put everything on physical physical and not all of them I say every, everything has a you know niche that appeals to Absolutely. you but not many of them were anything i was looking for which is too bad because i actually kind of enjoy limited run games um but vita collecting is just a weird beast in itself um all right jane did you have any other questions before i move on to the instagram questions i think that was all of them okay so let's move on i had a few so i did ask on instagram excuse me if anybody had any questions if they were to ask a shop owner any question a video game shop owner what would they ask um so i had actually jasmine who usually my wife who usually only says like sarcastic things actually asked serious questions i was surprised um, she said, does turning a passion into your livelihood, uh, take away from the joy of, of, of it, gaming, movies, whatever, et cetera? I think it's a lot of circumstances it could, this circumstances it didn't. And the reason why is I'm very, per, uh, I'm very, I'm a very big people person. And so that's one of the reasons I opened the stores. I wanted people to come in. I wanted to learn their stories. I want to see kids come in, um, I give all bulk Pokemon to kids, so we don't try to sell it. We uh, we take a lot of the foil cards. We give it to the kids when they come in, um, even adults if they want it. Um, and uh, I think if my business wasn't going so well and I ever, I pretty much have never had any problem customers. It's just always been pretty awesome. And, and I think that's helped fuel me to keep wanting to do this as long yeah. as I possibly can. I think that... Uh, if you're not making sales, if you have bad customer experiences, I think, yes, it would negatively affect it in a big way. Um, but I'm not there. I'm, I'm actually enjoying it more than I ever thought I would. Uh, so much so that I just recently uh, started taking two days off a week and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my time. Even though I'm still driving around to go buy a bunch of stuff, I'm like, I don't. I'd rather be at the store. I actually kind of miss it not going in. I think after a few months of taking those few days, I'll get into a rhythm of something else. But as of right now, no, I'd, I'd rather be at the store. So it hasn't hit me or negatively affected me. It hasn't ruined any of my passion behind it. That's so. awesome. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. Because I understand where her question is coming from. Sometimes when you mix business with pleasure, you know, they don't, 
it's like water and oil. Sometimes they don't mix, but absolutely, it's, it's nice to hear that it hasn't affected. It's well, only I was, made it more. I was an artist and uh, loved drawing. Yeah, I did a lot oh, of things, wow. man. Me I'm too. Sure. So I can I can relate <laughs> um, to that one. I love to draw. I love to charcoal was my choice. I love to oh, do nice. things in charcoal because uh, you could do great shading with charcoal and stuff. But everybody always wanted you to draw things for them, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. nobody's paying you for these. It's always friends and family. It's like, can you do this? Can you do that? And you should uh, draw me something. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and uh, it got to the point where it just negatively affected on me drawing that I stopped entirely. And it, nothing against people asking you, but you just mm-hmm. get to that mm-hmm. point where you're just like, there's no fun in it for me to draw something for you anymore because now it feels like a job I don't get paid for, yeah. you know? So that is a totally legit question. But like I said, it's the community of people who have come through my doors have made it all worthwhile. And, and I'm not saying, look, don't everybody go out there like, Oh, you know, Oh really? No, seriously. The, the community has come in and embraced my store and uh, that just, makes me have all the fun in the world so yeah i get to do with my son man so that's uh, pretty awesome yeah it's uh you know it's just uh yeah how can you be mad at that yeah (laughs) no that's true man to be able to experience that especially since you guys share the passion for the hobby yeah like to be able to experience it together that's that's fantastic it's a great question though yeah. So um, the extra the Alex Extravaganza asked, um, "Do you have a personal collection? And if so, how often do items uh, find their way there? Find their way into your collection?" I do have a personal collection, and uh, it consists mostly of horror games. <laughs> so, <laughs> hate to be to uh, be a broken record, but uh, yeah, horror games is where it's at for me, with a, a few mixed in or whatnot. Um, uh, and then my collection. Uh, expands to uh i collect a lot of nerdy things so uh when you walk into my home um the main hallway is aliens because i'm a huge aliens oh, franchise nice. fan so i That's even did awesome. uh i even did lights kind of down the hallway to look like an aliens corridor type deal you just have a fog machine um, <laughs> constantly going with a laser <laughs> that's pretty i didn't think of that no. but uh, <laughs> that, might be, uh, that might join in um, and then you know and then the living room is off to the right and it's all 80s stuff. So uh, whether it be uh, music or uh, I love um, 80s horror. Um, so I have everything from uh, uh, They Live stuff to uh, The Crow, which is not 80s, but I'm a huge Crow fan. Uh, then my dining room is all Star Wars. And uh, um, so, yeah, I do have a, a huge personal collection, which is going to be put to the test here real soon because I've met somebody and I like her a lot. And we have went on several dates now and uh we're gonna hang out and she's coming to see my place for the first time and so that'll be the make or break deal right there (laughs) so i'm like we'll see yeah (laughs) what the bachelor pad actually does to uh a date to a to a uh, possible relationship (laughs) absolutely well i hope it goes well maybe you'll find out she's like a super huge she is a gamer and uh, she's an avid reader she's a gamer and she's pretty awesome and uh yeah um she i'm big into vampire mythology i'm big into zombie mythology she likes that kind of stuff so i don't see it going bad but at the same time it can be overwhelming when you come in and you see uh one of the alien heads from They Live and stuff like that. And you're just like, this guy. What's going on here? This guy weird? What? <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, it's from a movie. You haven't seen it. you got to show movie. her the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect segue into a date night. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, man. So he did have an accompanying question. Um, he said, similar to that, are there items you wish you hadn't sold and instead kept for your uh, for yourself, for your collection? Oh, yeah. There's a... Uh... Well, I, again, it, um, I'm a big sports fan, so I have sold every bit of sports memorabilia I've ever had at some point or the other, and I've had um, Michael, jo- uh, Michael Jordan autograph stuff. Um, I know you. most people are going to want to hear video game stuff, but... Uh, I had a, uh, a signed Michael Jackson album uh, from his estate, oh, wow. and uh, um, I sold that oh years ago, literally just after he passed or whatnot. Uh, but the biggest thing that I let go that I, I wished I had back was I had a uh, signed Brandon Lee Crow promotional poster. Um, obviously, he Dang. passed doing yeah. the movie, and I sold that in two thousand. Um, Right now, and I don't, I don't even care about the worth, but it, that his signature is like ten thousand plus, yeah. And so I can't just get that back, and uh, losing that is the thing that uh, that just kills me most. I wish that I wasn't in a time where I would have even needed to sell it. Mm. So I would love to have that. But it would be the centerpiece of my collection uh, at my uh, at my place. So. That is the biggest thing I regret ever getting rid of. Yeah, and that seems like, not to pour salt in the wound, but it seems like it's an exceptionally rare piece because how you don't usually do a lot of signing until after the movie's out. Exactly. So the fact that he, there was some signed memorabilia before the movie released when he passed, like, that's crazy to even exist. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just a, uh, a, like a signed, it was like a promotional placard or whatnot for the movie um, that he had signed. And uh, yeah, I would love to have that back. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so I don't if you're out there and you have it, yeah, call Wes. <laughs> I'll buy it back. Over. Yeah, or you can do a trade. Go into the store. Ten dollars in trade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's GameStop now. <laughs> oh man. All right. So we have Hannah Dunmire said, uh, "What's the game or games that people are always hunting for in your shop lately?" So you kind of mentioned Pokemon. I guess any anything else that you've seen a spike in. Yeah, man, I really want to answer this question for without being repetitive, right? So, um, you know, uh, Pikmin is actually, mm-hmm. I don't know if Pikmin 4 is driving it, but I have had many people coming in for Pikmin lately, um, whether it be uh, the Wii version or the very now expensive Pikmin 2 on GameCube. What what GameCube game isn't overly expensive now? Yeah. Um, it's not just a game... Um, Basically, uh, in it, you know, it's not going to be news to your audience that everybody's coming in for GameCube games. But um, for uh, NES, uh, I've been selling so much NES lately, and I don't know what the I don't know what the turn is because I have five collectors trying to complete US or US collections, right? Hmm. Which is what six hundred ninety six games or six seventy six, something like that. But I've had a lot of people just coming in for NES and we're not talking about you know people my age here we're talking about you know 20s um you know 8 16 year olds are like oh do you have an NES and then looking at NES games and um I've had people looking for Paperboy I've had people looking for and you know it's not just a random you know one off I I've had people looking for that I've had people looking for uh um, non-licensed NES games uh I've sold all of them that I had I got 20 something uh unlicensed nes games and they're all gone those blue uh, cartridge ones uh we get the blue you got the black ones you got the tension ones that were oh, non-licensed yeah, yeah. uh 
um, stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, don't know where that's come from, but uh, yeah. sold a ton of those. That, that, that's kind of strange because I remember when I really started collecting, which was like, you know, mid to late 2000s, um, NES was at its kind of its peak at that point. Like people couldn't keep NES stuff in stores. That's when I was really buying 64 stuff because it was cheap. Um, but yeah, it seemed like in the last 10 years, NES had really died down. Like most of those people had completed what they wanted at least. I thought so too. <clears throat> and that's why I'm surprised about the little bit of an NES resurgence. Yeah. No, that's, that's crazy. It's kind of cool to hear though. Um, I don't know. NES is still a, a great system with a lot of great games on it. So, all right. One last question. The Righteous Sombrero said, what is the Holy Grail game or gaming item that you are hoping to come across soon? Uh, whew. Um, believe it or not, I don't have any of the clock towers, uh, clock tower games. Um, I did, well, I did get three the other day, but it was disc only. And I'm, I am one of those completionists that has mm-hmm. to be complete. Uh, it has to be in the case, has to have the manual for it to go into my collection. But all three, or the first three clock towers, I really, I don't know why. They've just either eluded me or uh, I've gotten plenty of Silent Hills over time. I've gotten, you know, Rule of Rose, uh, you know, but, but clock towers just in good condition. Just it seems like people threw those as Frisbees after they were done. So yeah. um, those are the three that I really want. But my so that's on the video game side. Just personally, I am looking for the 1978 Aliens Big Chap um, Kenner doll. Um, which I absolutely, one day I will find it in the wild. Um, there's a store in, uh, here in Tacoma, Tricky's, and uh, she has one in the window, but and it's missing an arm. And mm-hmm. even broken, they go for $400 plus. Yes. And I tried to get her to sell it to me, and she wouldn't, and, which I completely understand. Um, but uh, I want one with box. It goes for about 1500 to 2000 Dang. And I just, I want to find it in the wild and put it in my Aliens collection. And then I want the Clock Tower games to go in my video game collection. And I will feel complete. Yeah. <laughs> it's just those few things. And that is crazy about Clock Tower because you don't hear about them being on the rarer side. They're not common, but it's not like, I know Silent Hill should be more common, but people always seem to struggle to find Silent Hill. I mean, at least in good condition. Well, yeah, definitely. But no, I, I get it. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Clock tower evades me. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's super weird. It's not like, um, like I said, the only times I've ran into it is it's always, uh, it's either, either disc only or um, they uh, missing the manual or, or don't have, uh, or the, the disc is so beat up and yeah. all of that stuff. So no, I, I want to put them in my collection, but yeah, you just don't really find them. Yeah. Well, I know that while I'm out hunting, if I ever see them, I'll reach out. All right. Because you never know. Sometimes I come across stuff. Horror is not a genre that I lean towards, but knowing somebody who does helps me, you know, know to add something on my radar to look for for people. Um, dang, I had one more question, and it just, it was a question that I meant to write down earlier, and it just came in, and then went right mm, back out. It don't happen. I wish I would have stopped talking and just asked it. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Have so now you've been doing this for a couple, well, little over a year now. Um, any interest in eventually trying to go to uh, one of the conventions? 
you know, Portland Retro Gaming Expo, or I know they do one in Renton or something to, you know, set up a booth and try to, you know, drum up some sales and some interest there? No, that'll never happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reason why is um, I would literally, because I, I don't, I don't want to necessarily go over numbers, um, but my store does well. And so um, I would literally have to do almost $15,000 at one of those shows to make it worth even going. And uh, I just don't know that I would pull want to pull that much inventory from my store or have to shut down when just being at the store would be Is enough for you would yeah. be enough. Do you, yeah. Um, you know, who knows, maybe you go to the show and do 20,000 or 25,000. But, um, you know, I just kind of prefer to stay in that bubble for now. Now I, I probably will be, uh, I'm trying to set it up to where, um, I won't have to be, uh, that I'll be going down to the Portland retro gaming, um, uh, in October, which is towards the uh, middle of October, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to try and actually go down there for the first time. I'm a big Comic Con guy, so I love to go to Comic Cons. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm gonna, um, I'm supposed to be going down to that. Um, but I, if I'm going down to buy, yeah. uh, I'm going down to find those collectors who are trying to sell their collection and be like, I'm your guy. You know, I've got money if you're willing to sell. So, yeah. um, so that that's what I'm going to be there for. Uh, but uh, the booth-wise, I've done... I used to do sports cards. That's what I really cut my teeth on. I did sports cards for about 30 years. And uh, I did sports card shows and, and things of that nature. And um, I want to wheel and deal. I'm there to sell. You know, I'm not there to hoard my stuff. I'm there to give you whatever discount you want so I don't have to leave with it. And I would always... I was the guy that would always sell out his stuff. Yeah, and I'm afraid that I would try and do that with the video games as well. Yeah, and I'm like, well, there just went all my inventory for the store, and yeah. now I'm like, I'm just gonna have to spend the money anyway, so it's just better at the store. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. Well, we might have to <clears throat> touch bases because I think we're. I'm, I plan on going to Portland. And I think do you still plan on going mm -hmm. too? And I think we have a couple other friends, so we should be down there. But no, I, I get that. It does seem like a lot of work, and like what I've heard from when I've watched YouTubers and stuff talk about it that have gone to sell, like you don't really want to bring stuff. Like if you take stuff, you don't want to bring it back because it's a waste. So they do end up, you know, starting to take bigger uh, cuts at the end to just try to move it and not necessarily worth it. You have to have such a big inventory that you can take a chunk of it and still have the store going while you're gone. So yeah, that you, makes uh, sense. You start. So when you're doing shows like that, there's one, there's a point, a panic mode where, you're like, I'm not doing enough money to make this worthwhile. And then you do find yourself selling off things that you at prices that you probably normally wouldn't have done it just because you had to make this trip profitable. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I see that completely. And, uh, you know, that's and when you sell in panic mode, you either make mistakes or it's just not a pleasant experience for anybody. And again that's not the mindset i ever want to be in right so yeah uh it's uh um like i said i did the show thing on a different kind of circuit but you know i'm just i'm like i don't think i could ever be like super happy at a show because there's so much going on i'm going to wor be worried about theft and oh yeah you know and and i don't want to uh I don't want my mindset to ever be on 1% of people. It's always, I want it to be on the 99% of the people. Yeah. That's something that uh, one of my bosses taught me in retail was 
um, there's just going to be some bad people. And if you focused on them, you're losing all your focus for the people who are good, right? And so I always want to keep myself in a space where I'm just happy and I'm I'm always thinking about the 99%, right? So yeah, there's there's uh, I respect people who go do the shows, and I, you know if I uh, if I ever lose the store or somehow shut it down, I'll probably go to the uh, show circuit or whatnot. But uh, all my focus, my energy, my love, my passion is for my four walls uh, yeah. at the moment. No, much respect for that. So no, that's great. I think that uh, it's been fun having you on here. It's nice to hear like your viewpoints. You know, see how just kind of just pick the brain of somebody who owns a store. You know, like I know for me, it's something I've always had a passing like desire to do, but never the drive to make it happen. And I doubt that'll ever come across come up. <laughs> but you know, I, like I have a lot of respect for it. And like, I mean, I know Jaden and I are probably the same here, and a lot of people listening. Like, there's nothing like going into a game store and just talking to somebody about video games. Like I remember being what 14, 15 going into at the time, just the local game stops and stuff. But at least back then people, they, the employees used to talk like they cared, you know, like they cared about games and they wanted to talk about it. And that was like, for me, that was huge. Like I didn't have a lot of friends at the time that played a lot of games. So like, I, w- I would rather spend my time just hanging out at GameStop mm-hmm. and eventually wanting to spend my money there. But yeah, now it's uh, you walk into some of those places and it's uh, you just hear somebody complaining about their boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, there's no <laughs> <laughs> there. You know, it's a uh, I can't believe this job. Um, I hate management. Um, it just happened to me like last week. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just GameStop. I mean, a lot of these small stores that you go into nowadays, um, they say, hey, welcome in. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, and then they don't say another word to, uh, for you or to you until you leave. And uh, then they're like, oh, have a nice day. And it's like, where was the conversation, yeah. man? Where was the, you know, you know, what happened to bring you in? And, mm-hmm. you know, well, you know, I'm just browsing. That's great. Do you collect anything, you know? But, uh, you know, I, I saw that in the retail industry, how, how it wasn't even just salesmanship, just common human decency eroded away and uh the the conversation stopped and so no that's uh i'd love to you know there are people coming to your store you can tell they don't really want to be talked to they they want to look through games and just grab something you got to feel those sorts out and stuff like that and i respect those people too you just you know there are not a lot of chameleon people left and what i mean by that is uh that can just kind of blend in with whatever somebody wants you to be right and there's People are going to come in excited. You need to match their level of enthusiasm, right? They're going to become people are coming in that are are analytical, right? And they just where's this, where's that, or just leave me alone so I can find something. And you you got to match that level too. You got to be like, okay, you know, I'm here for you. I am Google for you right yeah. now, you know. Um, and then you just you have your your families that come in, and you got to be able to. Uh, interact with the kids and uh, understand that uh, this is probably the greatest place they'll be in for a while, you know, and, um, you know, that, and that, I think that's what bodes well for me is many years of being called different names and learning this and that. And the other thing is like, I I understand people want a place to escape. So, and then you just got to be whatever escape they want you to be. That's the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, 
I had a couple instances today where I went into the video game stores and it was like, no, this is why I don't, this is why I formed my own. Thank you for, <laughs> for reminding me, <laughs> for reminding me why I do what I do. And it's like, how do you guys make any money? <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, that's very true. I, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started recording and like, I can, I'm a pretty extroverted person, but when I go into a place, like I always worry, like I know a lot about video games, like about the whole, about everything about it, it's what I do. But I never want to go into a store and accidentally come off as a know-it-all. So, like, a lot of times I don't like to be the one to start a conversation because I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to, like, start that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it's so, like, it's become more and more rare, like you said, to even go into a store where they even want to talk. (laughs) It's the toughest thing for me is so many different people from different walks of life come in that love different video games. And there are tens of thousands, if not 100,000 plus video titles and I feel bad every time somebody wants to talk about a game and I don't know the game. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, there were, you know, close to 700 NES titles and I didn't play them all. <laughs> I'm like, I played probably half of them and they all made me so bad I rage quit. <laughs> uh, you know, I love Metal Gear to death, but the original Metal Gear was one of the toughest game ever. Uh, Contra was such a tough game, oh, you yeah. know. It's like, I don't remember the boss at the end because I was too busy throwing my controller through a wall, you know? Yeah. Um, or they come in and they want to talk about uh, RPG games. And it's like, do you know there's over 2,000 PS2 games? I couldn't get to them all. But, yeah. you know, you, you just nod and you're like, I want to be in this conversation. I really do. But this time I'm just not able to help you on that one. Yeah. Or when they're trying to, you know, remember a title and they're trying to uh, explain to you an obscure game. Man, I want to know all that information. I really do, but uh, you know, I, uh, you know, that's one of the tough parts. Uh, yeah. Plus, you know, I do Pokemon and I do toys and stuff too, and so you know, Pokemon people want to talk about Pokemon, video game people want to talk about video games, toy people want to talk about, you know, the first generation My Little Pony, and I'm like, yeah, I watched it when I was a kid. Um, I couldn't tell you about the difference between the first gen and the you know, third gen or yeah. whatnot, but we can Google it for you. And uh, so that, I think that's even a huge step up though, from most stores, just that even if you aren't able to necessarily hold a conversation, the fact that you even care enough to listen, you know, yeah, or, but, or want to, you know, like that, that says that bodes well, you know? Yeah. I, I just, uh, I like to know as much as I can, but yeah, that, that is the toughest thing for me. Cause I, I want to be the hero in that yeah. person's story for the day. Yeah. And when you're not, you're just like, you know, I get but it. maybe I'll check the game out now, you know, and then you're like, the next time you have something to yeah, talk about. Yeah. But then, you know, days go by and you realize you're never going to get to that game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It gets harder and harder as we, as time goes on too. So, well, uh, Jaden, do you have any other questions? Anything else? No. Wes, did you have anything else you'd just, like to bring up? Before? So you've only, I know you've only been there a couple times, right? So you've been there several times. Um, you know, and I, so you and I get along. We've always talked and things of that nature. So it makes it a little bit easier, but mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> what's the one reason you do keep coming back, but what's the one thing in my store that you're like, man, I wish he did better on this? Oh, um, I guess the, the first question will kind of answer the second one in that, like, I don't really know. That's the answer to the second one. The first question, uh, I come back because there's not necessarily like I have a 
my collection's pretty good. I have 99.99% of the things that like I really need, I really want, because obviously I like those things, so I already have them. Um, so I just regularly pop in just to see what you have. And a lot of times it, it'll be something that, you know, man's wants are infinite. <laughs> the needs are really small, but like, there'll be something I'm like, that's a pretty good price. Sure. You know? So, um, things to do differently. I, I couldn't really say, cause I mean, it's, I'm happy. I'm, I'm going in there. I, I'm never looking. Well, I guess I shouldn't say never, but most of the time I'm not looking for anything specific, but a lot of the times I'll just come out with just something that just, I forgot that I looked that game up years ago and kind of wanted it. It's like, oh my goodness, it's right here. Sure. Um, yeah, that's why. All right. D- differently, I would just say the, the space thing, because yeah, <laughs> it does get a little cramped, but I mean, you're already working on that. So that's already, it's already solved. Can't wait to see what the, uh. Yeah, this, this expansion is going to look like. There's a lot of stuff cramped in a small space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. My aisles are clear and everything, but, you know, when you get yeah. when you get 15 people in exactly. the room. Yeah, and, when there's multiple uh, people, it's like, oh, I want to look longer, but. Yeah, it's but I also don't want to be touched a million times. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I get it. Yeah, awesome, no, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I know, um, like, I, like you said, I've only been there a few times, but. I'm one of those people where I go with and to when I go to a video game store, I'm going with intent to spend, um, 100%. Like maybe not much this time, but, um, uh, but yeah, with sometimes because it is a smaller space, like Jaden was saying, it was a little hard to like see everything, and I look forward to when you get into bigger space and be able to browse a little bit clearer. That'll be nice because you have a lot to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. So especially the toys too. Like I haven't even I've like like I said I've been there three four times now, but I haven't even spent any time really looking at them because I get so caught up in just the video games because that's my main hobby, my main passion. But I like action figures and stuff like that too. <laughs> yeah. Especially Dragon Ball Z. And I know you have some, but I get so distracted. Yeah. I need to come back and just look at action figures I one time, which won't happen. All the original line in 98, I believe. And then I have a bunch of 2000, or it was 2000. It was either 98 or 2000. And then 2004 was the next run. Yeah, with the when they came with the cards. Yeah. Yeah, that was the run that I primarily collected when I was a kid. Yeah. But no, I think your store is great. Um I think you're doing a great job. I like that it was so easy um, to even talk to you about coming on the podcast too. Like, I'm this isn't I I love doing this, but I'm not always good about being like, hey, come on the podcast, person I don't know that well. <laughs> and and you made it really easy, and I appreciate that. Like awesome. that just that bodes well for your store in general. It's just seems like just who you are and the kind of store you want to run. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about the store a lot, Collectors Haven. But um, before we close out, if you want to take a second and, you know, plug any socials you have, um, just, you know, the location of the store, whatever, take, you know, feel free. Yeah, it's uh, pretty easy. I'm in a dead mall in Port Orchard. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Town Square Mall. Uh, I know you're trying to do a lot of things to liven it up, but I'm a destination store. I knew that. And so word of mouth was uh, the big thing. Um, You know, at this time, really only on Facebook. It's pretty easy to find Collector's Haven with a K. I am on Google and things of that nature. Um, you know, just uh, we're in a small-ish town that's about 25 minutes from Tacoma. Um, you know, if you ever get a chance, come in. Uh, you know, if I don't have something, I'm usually pretty good at getting it quick for people who want it or whatnot. Uh, I don't mind uh, holding things on to... Because I'm trying to get people to come. I have a lot of people coming from 
Tacoma, Seattle, actually, just to come out to the store. Um, you know, it's funny how if people love your prices, they'll be willing to uh, drive <laughs> past a uh, hundred other video game stores <laughs> for an hour just to get to yours. Uh, and uh, now I have several customers that are coming from this side of the bridge. Um, so, yeah, um, I mean, my whole thing is just come in and have fun. I don't care if you buy anything. Just, again, tell stories. Um, I'm hoping uh, to... Uh, uh, make a second store here in the next year or two. Um, uh, so um, my son will um, be graduated. Uh, he'll have his associate's degree. Again, it's predicated on him uh, because uh, I don't, it's hard for me to find somebody that I would trust running a store the way that I want it ran with the personal, the personal touch to it, right? So I'd like to put one, um, further north up towards Paul's bow, um, someplace like that. Uh, and it, you know, just again, to, to get a footprint going, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, I'm going to become worldwide or anything like that, but, uh, you know, in 10 years, if I had 10 franchises around, that'd be pretty awesome. And the first one's been a good start. So we'll go from there. But yeah, if you get a chance to come by, um, like I said, in a month, I hope we double in size. I'm just waiting for, um, some walls to be demolished and stuff like that so we can uh, take over a certain spot and uh, I have a lot of stuff that hasn't been in store that would be able to make it out because of the fact that uh, I can't overly cram it too bad so yeah no I think um, sounds like you got a lot of exciting plans for the future so hopefully that those all get to come to fruition starting with the expansion of the store possibly the expansion of the brand so. yeah if you're not uh, if you're not moving you're dying right yeah. so <laughs> Well, um, when I post the episode, I'll post uh, on Instagram too, uh, and I'll make sure to put your address on there and everything, so so people have reference. Um, but yeah, once you listen to this episode, if you have any questions, you wanna make you wanna check out the store, make sure you just check out his Facebook, and um, or you can reach out to me too, or just go to the store. But yeah, thank you very much for coming on here. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely appreciate it. Um, and just in conclusion, remember that you can always follow me at X Button Gaming on Instagram, X Button Gaming One on Twitter. I'm on TikTok and everything else too. Um, working on starting a YouTube soon, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, thanks all for listening. Make sure you follow and uh, like wherever you listen, and remember to always press X to continue. <laughs>